Here we go with the Jock Curley Sherry Elliker Show. Thanks, everybody, for coming along with the ride. Heading home, are you? He's got traffic for you. Big plans for the weekend, I'm sure. Glad you're spending some time with us, keeping updated on the news. Sherry, you ready to go? We're going to dive in. Okay. Find right, what the buzz is. What the buzz is. This song is from Jesus Christ Superstar. As I said yesterday, the nuns wouldn't let us sing this when we were in sixth grade because they thought it was really bad the way Jesus was portrayed in the thing. And they didn't like the way Mary sang it. I don't know how to love him. They got mad at us when we were like, can we do Jesus Christ Superstar songs? And the nuns were like, no. Andrew, bring it back up again because that's a buzz. Tell me what's happening. All right, you ready? Yep. Oh, this is a... Hmm, this is not on Joe's rundown, but I just looked at Jason Rance, who's a troublemaker, and he Your puts this story out. And Rance, I gotta say, um, he really, before he does put stuff out, he really checks, and he's got great sources at the police, Seattle Police Department. So I just want to read something he just put up at Cairo. You ready? Yeah. So this is regarding the woman that was found shot and killed there at the Tukwila Costco parking lot. So this, um, James Lynch wrote up a story so this is from Ranson. Uh, Lynch has the story. So a woman was shot and killed at the crowded parking lot in Costco. Um, first responders attempted his life-saving measures, was pronounced dead at the scene. This is on 10.40 a.m. today, about 50 feet outside the front door, right? So Rance has tweeted, the woman was shot and killed in the parking lot at Costco. I can confirm, because he does have really good sources at SPD, I can confirm that SPD was engaged in a high-speed pursuit with the suspect, but the pursuit was terminated. Update. That was before the Tuckwiller murder. There was no way to know what happened afterwards, obviously, but the pursuit was at such high speeds that it was called off for the safety of civilians. So that is, uh, as Rance has just put up on his um, ex-Twitter account over there, and then James Lynch follows up in the story, tragic story out of Tuckwiller, woman shot and killed there in the parking lot. Of Costco, they don't know if the woman who was shot knew the shooter, but um, you add one more element to it: the police were pursuing this guy called off the pursuit because, according to Rance, according to Rance, the sources at SPD uh, that it was too high speed. So they don't pursue. Then it would seem as if then the shooter then goes to Tuckwilla, then goes to the parking lot, engages with an individual whether they knew them or not, and now um, another homicide in um, Pequilla in King County. All right. <clears throat> Just, uh... So, you know, you do the stories, you always want to try to find solutions. Because, like, you're driving home and you're like, you've had a tough day, it's a Friday, you're looking forward to the weekend, and you're like, ah, another shooting story, another homeless story, and this or that story, right? I try to be solution-oriented, but it's hard because these things just keep happening, and it doesn't seem necessarily like the things that they're putting in place for the police to do their jobs or for, for prosecutors to put people in jail, for people to feel as if the government is serving the most basic need, which is just to be able to have a civil society where you feel safe. The streets are safe. Your home is safe. The business is safe. The parking lots are safe. The streets are safe. The roadways are. They just provide the basic service of just allowing people to go about their lives with a free exchange uh, in the marketplace without fear of being robbed, shot, killed. Um, but that's, um, unfortunately, 
the way the news sometimes breaks these days. 60% of parents are still providing some financial aid. This is from the Wall Street Journal to their children. 60%. And they didn't get they did the ages of the kids that the parents are still paying for stuff. Yeah, so under 25, about 57% of these uh, kids say that they get help from their parents. Um, and the 14% of children receive a money transfer of money at least once a year. That's adult children in general. Mm. Um, it says that, that between 30 and 34, uh, a lot of people are still getting parental help. So the significance of this is that it's the, the numbers have gone up quite, quite a bit over the last few years. So it used to be you'd be out of college, you'd kind of have your first apartment when you were 22, mm. 23, uh, they'd kick you out of the nest. Now a lot of people are living with their parents up until they're 40. And the other trend is, I know, and the other trend is the parents are helping with either a 10% or 20% down payment on a home because they're saying these kids can't, they, they can't get by with just their salary and then socking away that kind of money in order to afford a home. I get that. Like when it comes to the home, be, there's no way they can possibly save enough because the, the prices of homes continue to climb. So you can never catch up. You can never put enough away because you say, okay, I'm going to put, I don't know, $20,000 away. That seems like twenty or $30,000 away. Both people are working. They're you know watching their expenses, and they put the money aside. They're going to sock that away for the house. But then the, pro- the property value keeps going up every year, so they have to keep trying to save more just to get that initial down payment in place. So the parents will kick in and, hey, give you a little something to get you, you know, over the, you know, the hump to get you the down payment for the house. I get that for a big purchase like that. But then additionally supporting the kids when they're in their 30s and 40s, if you assume that the kids have got – you spent maybe some money on college and they got out it's like still giving money i struggle with this all the time because i came from a house where my father once we hit a certain age you didn't get crap i mean nothing that was it like boom and you never called and asked for anything and i remember that time i've told the story before that when paul and i were almost 19 or eighteen thousand dollars in debt and i called my dad i was at lancaster pennsylvania I'll never forget this working for wjl tv i remember the desk i was sitting and i picked up this red phone and i called him i said dad I, I have a, I have got $18,000 in debts on a credit card, and we we have to pay it down. We're just paying the interest on the thing, and it's, I just can't get out from underneath it. Paula has moved to Boston, and she and I are not seeing each other. We've just been married for six months, and we have really nothing but debt, nothing to show for any of it. We don't really – we didn't spend it on anything other than, like, maybe a washer or dryer or getting the car fixed. I mean, I'm broke. We're broke. And I'm trying, but can you please just help us out? And I, I would pay you back at 15% just better than the 18 that I'm paying to the discovery card. Silence. I said, 16 percent. I'll pay you 16 on the on the on the loan. He said, your decision to quit sales, your decision to get into TV, your decision to take the pay cut, your decision to get married, your decision to move to Colorado, your decision to move to Champaign-Urbana, your decision to do what you're doing, that's your debt with your decisions. No, the answer is no. Don't ever call me and ask me for money because you made a series of decisions and now you have to live with them. And this would be the greatest lesson you're going to learn this week. And he hung up. Mm. But I tell you something, Sherry, as much as I, I was in just absolute shock, I hang up the phone, I had to call Paula, and then she's like, okay, so, you know, for the first two years of our marriage, we were maybe saw each other seven times. I look back on it now, I'm like, He's, he was right. And I buckled down, we paid that stuff off. I think it did irreparable damage to the marriage. But I, 
he was not going to give the loan because he just saw it like, no, the, your decision, you live with your decisions. And he had the money. He could have written the check. But these parents that continue to help the kids, you got a lot of kind of let it bump along to like make changes. If not, they're always going to have that umbilical cord connected to them. And it seems like you're doing them ultimately in the end a disservice as opposed to having them stand on their own two feet. Well, I think it depends. I mean, you were working hard. You were willing to move across the country. You were committed to your career. That, to me, shows great effort, and therefore, there should be a reward in there. I think if one of your kids came to you and they had been working hard and if they said, hey, look, I'm in a bind. Can I just have this money to get me from point A to point B? I think you would do it. You wouldn't make them learn that lesson. I would fight against the instincts because we learn so much from our parents and then we tend to repeat the sins or the gifts of the father or the mother, whoever was had the, you know, the dominant impressions upon you. Uh, but no, I, my kids know not to ask because the one to get a lecture or two, I'm going to ask them, I want to see all of your finances. And where's your money? What are you spending it on? Show me. I want to see it. I want your entire, give me your bank account. And until you show me your bank account, I'm not giving you any. Because if I see that you're spending money on clothes, my daughter's a clothes horse, it's clothes and food, and you're going out, you're doing this and doing that. I'm not going to supplement that lifestyle. You can't afford that lifestyle. So you've got to felt, you got to feel the, you know, the hard crush of the, the pavement. It means you make the mistakes and then you're like, oh, I got to learn from it. As opposed to coming in there, the parents still handing them money. Make it, you know what? You can't afford it. You can't live there. Then move somewhere else. Get a better job. Work weekends. Pick up a weekend job. Why do you think you had to get the weekend off? If you're poor and you're a kid and your parents have got money, you're working five days a week? Sounds like you got to work seven days a week. I mean, is that really that tough? Am I just a hard ass on this stuff, Sherry? No, I, I mean, I, I would be a pushover in a heartbeat. And my parents were very generous with me. But they also knew that I was working seven days a week. I took every job. I still do that. It's still in my head that I'm, I'm never going to work again. So I pick up every little voiceover job I can because you get into that, that work ethic where you think, especially in a business like this, which is very competitive. So I, I, I don't think it's wrong. I just think that um, it kind of depends. If the kid's held accountable a little bit, then I think that that's okay to give them money. If they fall on a hard time set of something that's beyond their control. Right. Right. Then you step in and you know give them that bridge and maybe you do it as a loan and then you probably know they're never going to pay you back, but at least you sort of set up the parameters that it's going to be a loan. But if something happens to them and they, they need that because something's befallen them, but then you say, hey, you know what? You start putting some money away. Like I kept saying to Chuck, I said, Charlie, Chuckaloo, you're getting a 1099. They're get, you're getting a straight cash. You're getting, they're not taking any money out. You've got they're giving you the gross. You got to take at least 24 percent out and put it aside because I'm telling you right now, Uncle Sam is going to come down on you with both feet. You're about to get this thing in the mail in about a week from now, and you're going to need to be able to write him a check for like twenty two thousand dollars. You're not going to have it because you didn't spend it. You didn't save it because you were getting the gross. I know, I know, I know. Well, it's coming. It's coming, and it's going to be there in the mail, and she's going to have to do penalties and interest and pay back on this. That's going to be a hard lesson, and it's going to suck for her, and I know the phone's going to ring. And? I'm going to say absolutely not. Show me the money! Well, would you consider it? 
right. Let's. That's right. Would I, I consider I mean, it? No. Would you no. consider it if if there were conditions? Pound put on it? sand. Oh. Boom. Oh. I don't believe you. Oh, it's true. She's not going to call me, Sherry. Every week. You're in a 1099. Did you put some money aside? Take the well, check. You're getting $5,000. So put 300 away. Just put it away. Don't go out and buy shoes. Don't fly here. Don't do Put it away. Show put, me the money. Show, show. That's what Uncle Sam's going to say. Where's the money? Nope. No, do, do. No, no, no. Well, what if she says, I can't afford it, so I'm just not going to pay my taxes? Show will me you, the money. That's will a you bail- great. That's a great idea. Because here's what happens if you don't pay the taxes. You know what they do? They go right into your account and they suck it right out of yeah. your account. They don't give you any options at that point. And then you go to your bank account. You're like, I got paid. Where's the money? Oh, that's right. That was penalties and interest in the tax that you owe. And it's going to hurt. I said, Chuck, they're going to hit you for this thing. And it's going to, you're going to, I don't know, five, maybe $700 a month. Bam, bam, right out of your account. Because you didn't learn the lesson, and the lesson was putting that money aside, because if you're getting paid all gross and they're not taking the money out, you've got to be able to be disciplined in this thing. Because you're not going to teach the person the lessons that they need. So when I hear that 60% of kids are still getting money, even though they're in their 40s, it's either they're not making enough or they're spending too much, or they need to move out of whatever apartment or house they're in, or get another job. I mean, that's just a harsh reality, but like that's part of it. And I, I just think it's, if you're too soft on the kid, you're not doing them any favors. Well, that's true. You don't want to enable them so they don't think that they have to work. I mean, my parents never did that. It was never a consideration that I wouldn't be working as hard as I could, even though they did help me somewhat. But I think what about the fact that these parents have said that when they come back home and they live with them, they think that really helps their relationship. They're very happy when the kids come back home. Because, you know, if they're older and they're lonely and then they've got That's kids. good for the, right. See, that's good for the parents. It's not good for the 30 or 40-year-old. That kid should be on his own. That kid, that adult should be an adult. Should be taking care of themselves, paying their bills, you know, being part of society, having some sense of community. You know, you're living in your same room you were living in when you were, what, 14? Right? You got your Duran Duran poster still hanging up there and all your stupid (laughs) soccer trophies that you didn't really earn. And mom's asking, do do you want a casserole tonight? You just want some hamburger helper? Well, a lot of times it's the whole family. It's not just the kid. It's the wife and the kids because they've fallen on hard times. And grandma says, come and live with me. I got that. Right. It's sad because of the grandkid. I get that. But I'm just saying, just I'm using the example of somebody that's like 35 they don't really want to work that hard and then so then mom and dad are still taking care of them you're not doing them any favor by enabling them you feel it is love it is actually not love to enable that kid is that young adult that adult to enable is actually in an effect to destroy that person's ability to sort of grow into full adulthood and live like a responsible human being yeah, I, I no, I agree with you. It's just that I, I couldn't do it. I know you would be such a soft touch. What if Charlie I, I, had to I, do I, three weeks in in a federal prison? Why should she have to go to a federal prison? All she of didn't a pay her taxes. 
Oh, they're not she doesn't know that much. <laughs> I don't think they're interested in, no. in her twenty thousand dollars. But no, um, I, I'd but, have her get Joe Biden, Hunter Biden's lawyers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe puts her in federal prison. That's nice, well, right? That's a scare tactic you could use. Yeah, uh, yeah. Charlie, you're gonna go to federal prison. Excellent. That's good news <laughs> to me. Yeah. All right. Nice try, Joe. <laughs> Joe, Mama. Yeah, good. Oh boy, Sherry, it's your favorite time because it's time to play the know-it-all quiz where one lucky listener gets a chance to come on the radio and answer, well, these these questions are fresh. (laughs) Wrote them in the last 15 minutes, Sherry. Good for you. Yes. (laughs) No, that's not good. That's (laughs) I'm doing my homework on time. You want to meet our contestant now? I do. Here he comes. His name is Bobo. He lives in Cedra Woolley, and the one interesting thing about him is he, just like Mark Warburg, Harry Styles, and Sherry Elliker, and Zach Efron, he has a third nipple. So do I. <laughs> I had it removed, though. Whoa, 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 whoa. So you need anyway, to just this, hold on, Bobo. One second. I had mine removed too. Yeah, good. It's, uh, my parents told me it was a mole for like a hundred years, and then I finally went to a dermatologist. <laughs> like now, that's what you think it is? Do you guys? Still, it was small. Do you guys need some time to be just like spend some time to talk about this? Getting well, I removed. I get tired of catching mine in my zippered up shirt, so I had to get it removed. Oh. <laughs> Where was it? It was in the center. Oh, mine was. Mine was uh, lower on my like rib cage almost. Oh, do you have pictures? I I know I, I removed a really long time ago. So no, I don't I don't think that I do. Okay, let's go on. No, no, no. This seems to be a real bonding moment for the two of you. What well, was there's the... so few there's so few of us, that's why. And there's there's only actually third of the population had those, so Hmm. What was so for for Bobo? It was getting caught in the zipper. Sherry, how about for you? What was the what was the turn sort of thing for you that said that's it? I'm going to get this quote unquote mole removed. Well, I just when I found out what it was, I I was so grossed out. <laughs> I said I got I got to get it removed. I, I can't believe it because it looked like a mole. It was little and. It, it, I didn't. I didn't know that's what it was. And I went to the doctor and I said, you know, this is this thing here. I said, I don't know if it's a growth. This is anything to worry about. Nope. Third nipple. What? <laughs> it's like, oh, take it away. Oh dear. Uh-oh. Oh, Sherry. Oh, Hi, Doctor Dan. Hi, how are you? Listen, I've got Bobo in here. You guys both have something in common. We'll talk about loss. And talk a little bit about making the decision to alter your body in such a way. I want you to put little Bobo on your knee. Could you do that, Sherry, for me? Okay, Bobo, would you mind sitting on my knee for a minute? No, Sherry. Not Bobo, but little Bobo on your knee. (laughs) Okay, little little Bobo? Can can you sit on my knee? Yeah, as long as Tiny gets to sit on my knee. Okay, deals you know, off. Hold on a second, both of you. This, this is a disaster. 
we're in the middle of a quiz. So we're, we're gonna, I'm going to have both of you come back, okay? Okay, we'll make an appointment. Thank you. Tone and tenor for everything is about to change now, although that's been super weird, Bobo. Thanks for the nipple. <laughs> Sherry, Bobo only has to get one right in order to win an entire box of Bite Me Cookies brought to you by Bite Me Cookies, official sponsor of the show. All the cookies. Thank you, Tini. You ready? Here we go. Question number one. Sherry has a new walk-on song, Bobo. Um, what is that song, Sherry? Uh, for, uh, A, crazy rhymes with itch. Uh-huh. Here it is. Is it? Y'all crazy. B, my neck, my back. My neck, my back. C, wives and lovers. Hey, little girl, better wear. What's the answer, Bobo? Uh, I think it's always C, so we'll go C. No. I'm going to go B, hey. You like you like you Y'all crazy bitch, but you so good I'm on top of it when I dream I'm doing you all night <laughs> Sure you want that song instead? Yeah. Here we go. At this point, Bobo doesn't have a third nibble, but he does have one correct. There is a new bill at Olympia that would make gun store owners do what, Sherry? A, try to talk possible customers out of buying guns. B, shoot and store video for at least six years at a cost of $3 million. C, reconfigure the guns so that they only fire flags that say bang when the trigger is pulled. Well, let's see. It would cost the gun mm -hmm. store money to do that. So yeah. I would probably pick that one, but I'm going to say being... You're correct, Bobo. Not your real name. Here goes C. <laughs> Who is showing up to protest at the Texas border because of Biden's lack of action? Sherry. A. Truckers. 700,000 of them. B. Mimes. Acting like they're stuck in a box. <laughs> C. Illegal immigrants that were flown to New Jersey, hated it, and now want to be led back into Mexico. I'm going to have to go 700,000. <laughs> Sherry's like, what? 700,000 truckers? And here we go for all the macaroni and cheese in the shape of Sherry's now deceased third nipple during a highly informative segment. <laughs> we, we learned that Amish and Irish bachelors both have what, Sherry? A, blue doors, we think. B, not much in common. C, facial hair. But not all Irish or Amish. Some don't have facial hair. Although the Amish do favor the beard without a mustache. I'm going to have to say they have blue drawers. <laughs> oh, my God. What an S show, huh? There you go. Wait, did Bobo say they have blue drawers? Or yeah. drawers? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does change things a little bit. Just a little bit. Good lordy. Oh, God. Out there in Cindra Willie, Bobo, let me ask, it was always fun to finally, like, peel open the door and talk to a listener. Because we blast this stuff out over the big microphones here at Cairo Radio. What do you do for a living, and why is it that you're able to waste so much time listening to this show? I don't know if I can say the name of my company, right. but let's say I deal in uh, semi-truck parts. Okay, semi-truck parts. All right, and then... Like Freightliner. Okay, and okay. And so, cars, you know. so because of that, 
you then listen to the show. Are you driving? Are you sitting? Are you just sitting around with a bunch of semi-truck parts around you? I'm trying to get an image of, of who you are. Well, Where I'm, are you? I'm, I'm usually driving, yes. Okay. Jerry, any questions? That are gonna, sure going to be a great question. <laughs> what do you think of the 700,000 truckers uh, suspected to show up in Texas this weekend? Well, you know, that's an interesting question. Um, I think it's a waste of fuel. But other than that, if they could fly them in or bust them in, I think it would be a great thing. Well, they wouldn't have their trucks. Sherry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Well, they're truck drivers. I'm sorry, Bobo, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Sherry's coming in. She's got an appointment right now. So why don't you just take your cookies and get out of here, okay? Well, I thought Tiny was going to deliver them. Okay. Oh, the cookies! Bobo, we've talked about this sort of weird fascination you have with her. We're going to talk, we're going to pick up on that next week, okay? Okay, that's going to be another charge. (laughs) What? Well, Bobo, he doesn't have the insurance oh. that you have, oh, Sherry. I see. So okay. he's oh. always trying to, you know, beat me down on the price yeah. and stuff. And you're like always that. trying to make extra appointments to. Well, you know, Sherry, why don't we talk about your hidden hostility <laughs> and your father problems, okay? So why don't you both get the hell out of here? <laughs> All right. Thank you, Bobo. Oh. Stay on the phone because. Uh, well, Joe Mama's got a couple of quick questions for you. Get those cookies out to Joe you. Mama. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you, Pendergast Law. Hmm. We learned anything today, Sherry? Uh, a little bit about a blue door, but mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of went off. <laughs> that one there. Yeah, I uh, let me think. Um, uh, you're not going to give your daughter money. That's it. That's good news to me. All right, yeah. Let's. Uh, here comes the mailman now. Because teeny tiny, great job, teeny, with the letter of the day and the cookies and everything else. Good job. I'm the mailman, as you can see. I'm the mailman. Nobody mess with me. I'm the mailman. If you didn't know, I'm the mailman. I bring the mail. Show me the Sherry, teeny, no one. She just sent me a note. No one is talking about your hair or your dress. So stop it. It's not about you today. I'm sorry, my mic was on. Uh, We'll get to letter of the day first. Take care of all the rest. Here we go, Sherry. All right. We are going to start with a late letter from yesterday on the Viagra in the coffee machine. Mm -hmm. Pharmacist here, Viagra Viagra is a vasodilator and will work in women. However, the effect is not exactly the same, obviously, as it is for a man. It would be more like side effects to women. Ah, ah, something like this. My neck, my back. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Joe is upset that I stopped that song. Why were you upset when I went to play that song? Because you made me go edit it, like put all these bleeps in it. Okay, uh, you obviously missed some of the words. Rando's Natalie in Olympia says, where does John sit on the political spectrum? What does John consider himself? When people ask me where I am, I say I sit precisely next to John Curley. Problem is, I, I don't know where that is. It, hmm. yeah. But she's sitting right next to me, but she's not sure where. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you might want to clarify. <laughs> uh, Matthew in that. Yes. 206, backseat kissing is the best kissing. The weird thing about that, Matthew, is in order to do that, you have to say, hey, let's move to the back seat. And that's <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> like you got to climb over or get out of the car and then climb into the back seat. 
my move yeah. in high school, which wasn't so good, was always sort of more of a sneak attack kind of thing. Like, you know, the yawn, you put the arm around, and then you say, oh, it looks like you got something like there on the side of your mouth. And then you you try to, you know, remove it with your lips. <laughs> oh. How'd that go? Uh, not well. Uh, yeah, I'm crazy. <laughs> uh, 425, Detective Elliot uh, Stab- Stab- Stabler. Stabler, yes. Or in real life, Chris... Maloney. I'm with Sherry. Yeah. Okay. Yes, he is. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Uh, 206. My bad. Yeah, sky, Sherry. <laughs> uh, yuck. Bacon bits. They're rubbery. Not if you get the crispy ones. They are not always rubbery. Num, 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 num. <laughs> <laughs> you know so funny? You talk about food. You are a svelte woman. But yet your love for, Andrew put them all together, from, Andrew has an entire list of every food that you just get so excited about, and he's mm-hmm. got all the drops in it. You're like, I love donuts so much. Right. I'll eat any kind of cupcake. Popcorn balls, they're the worst. <laughs> I love bacon bits. See? And beer, right? And beer. Oh, and beer, yeah. Uh, Tenants' rights becoming insane. Ty in Milton says, you're absolutely right, John. I rarely agree with you, but I have to give it to you. Uh, Too much red tape in the new construction. Well, thank you, Ty. By the way, Ty, you also disagree with um, Natalie in Olympia, because apparently she sits right beside me, although she doesn't (laughs) know what I believe in. All right. Uh, 45 says, I hope our taxes never go up more than 5%. That's the only way to control that. Cindy in, in Seattle says, in the city of Seattle, the only in, uh, the only entity it, all right, that can evict now on a regular basis in Seattle is the housing authority. They're allowed to evict during... They're allowed to evict during a school year and during the winter, but regular landlords and mom pa cannot. Housing authority there in Seattle evicts more people than all the private landlords put together in the city of Seattle. There's Cindy in Seattle with that bit of news. Uh, this is Hans or Hans in Tacoma. As a landlord, I don't feel I should raise rent more than 5% in a year on existing tenants. I've never had taxes and insurance increase year over year by more than 5%. I'm much more concerned uh, with prohibition on evictions. Evictions. All right. And now it is time for the letter of the day. The letter of the day is chosen by the Trinity Fartle Lady of the Book of Draw. Sherry? All right. This is from Mike in Issaquah. He's uh, talking about the Amish buggy mm-hmm. burglary. Yes. I would have liked to have seen the high-speed horse and buggy chase with the Amish police with their hand-driven blue and red lights on top of their buggy. There's nothing quite like a horse and buggy pit maneuver. Instead of spike strips, they throw a pitchfork through the spokes in the buggy. It's always hilarious when it stops in its tracks and the buggy driver flies into the horses. You know what? Mike has obviously seen something like that, don't you think? Get the oh, idea? Yeah. Imagined it very specifically. Mom, change the station! That's all Why bother? Why bother, little girl? Didn't write no more. Huh? Didn't write You'll no miss more. out.